Massive show today, this week, episode 328 of Your Tech Life. We have so much to talk about with mobile phone plans, new devices, new everything, plus a couple of calls and a very interesting chat about audiobooks. Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Hello and thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for your company. It's great to have your company here on Your Tech Life, episode 328. Um, I, I literally have probably the longest rundown I've had in a very long time. I feel like it's a big news week, but not in any um, overwhelming single story. Like often the biggest news weeks are Apple or Samsung, people releasing large product ranges or products. And, you know, they dominate. But there's a whole bunch of little and, and great things to talk about this week. Plus, we've got a couple of calls on the line. We're going to talk about iPads. We're going to talk about Windows 10 or printers. Um, and I'm going to chat with Matthew Gain, who is the new Australian boss of Audible.com. And uh, understand what Audible is about, if you've never heard of it, and um, and what, what an Australian office does for a company like that. So plenty to get through on that front. We do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, uh, and, of course, the LG OLED uh, TV. Take the OLED challenge today in store. Uh, fantastic television. You've just you've just got to see it. Even if you aren't going to buy it, I think it's important that you see it just so that you can understand what OLED really means. Um, welcome your feedback. Welcome your uh, your calls each and every week here on Your Tech Life. Without you, well, there'd be no show. It'd just be me talking to myself. I'd never know anyone's there. But the good news is that when you when you email, when you tweet me, uh, when you call, um, I know you're there, and that's awesome. So uh, never hesitate to get in touch. Whatever your question, whatever your problem with technology, um, just get in touch. Say good day. It's uh, it's fun to chat, and it's fun to have conversations on uh, on Twitter uh, and uh, and Snapchat. I am absolutely. It's a bit tragic, but I'm really getting into uh, into Snapchat. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, ratings on iTunes are always appreciated, and uh, one came in on Saturday. Clever, concise, and contemporary by Yorkie. Uh, IP. I've been a listener for over 12 months now and thoroughly enjoy this podcast. Hats off to you, Trevor, for what's truly a comprehensive and polished listening experience. Well, that's very, very kind of you to say, mate. Thank you very much. Um, and feel free to own up to your um, your reviews via via Twitter. You know, maybe a screenshot of your own review and then tweet it to me or something like that if you want. So we can actually identify people. It's very hard sometimes, but um, appreciate the uh, appreciate those uh, those ratings and reviews. Yeah, Snapchat. Just quickly before we get cracking with uh, what's with, with what's happening on the show, um, I may be late to the game. I get that. Um, and as I've said before, the the username is Trevor Long AU. Trevor Long AU. Um, oh, you know, I get what it is. It's about telling a story, and what I use it for is a bit more than just you know, the, the polished photos that might might occur or, or be shown on Instagram and Twitter. I use it for going through a day. So I'm going to Bali tomorrow um, for a couple of days and, and we're going to do some tests over there. I'm going to use Snapchat to just snap away and show Bali that as, as I see it. And, you know, you can flick through that story very quickly or you can watch a, a piece of content for a bit longer. Um, it's quite interesting. I find it really engaging. And, and I've got to say, um, their stories... Their live stories, I think they call them, are very interesting. And when compared to Twitter moments, and if you've used Twitter and you've seen their moments, that's their way of curating a bunch of Twitter content. These are excellent. I I followed motorsport, as you know. They had a they had a NASCAR Talladega story yesterday, and by flicking through these snaps, so these photos or videos from people. I saw the lead up to the race. I saw the driver's parade. I saw it from driver's perspectives, fan perspective, the NASCAR's perspective. I basically watched a highlight of the event, not just the race, but the event on Snapchat. And it was awesome. They did a really good job overlaying the grid and positions and all this kind of stuff. It was fantastic. And I don't think that Twitter Moments is anywhere near that engaging. So it's a very interesting social battle uh, we have coming up. And I'm I'm kind of all in on Snapchat right now. So um, join me uh, at Trevor Long AU is all you got to do. Just type in Trevor Long AU into the um, uh, into the you know add friends section of Snapchat. It's a bit of fun. I, I highly recommend it. And of course, Twitter is at Trevor Long, and Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Great story for prepaid mobile users. Uh, Vodafone announced uh, yesterday 
my mix. Now, you could be cynical and say this is just yet another mobile plan style approach for um, for a mobile company in Australia, but I like this a lot because it, it offers something different. And the and I'll tell you how they um, how they demonstrated it to us. And this just is an insight into the world of a of a tech reporter, journo commentator. They invited us to Luke Magnan's um, restaurant test kitchen in in Waterloo called Mojo, and we were going to have burgers. Now, I said to the people at Vodafone, I'm not coming because I'm a very picky eater. And they said, Luke's going to be there. He's going to make you a burger. I went, no, 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 no. I don't want to insult him. So when he says you've got to have beetroot, when you've got to have tomato on your burger, I don't want tomato on my burger. But anyway, they said, no, no, trust me. So we get there and Luke shows how he would make a burger. And it was pretty good looking. A couple of things I wouldn't have wanted on there. And then he laid out the ingredients, beef patties, buns, bacon, cheese, mayo, sauces, uh, beetroot, lettuce, uh, pineapple. It was all there. Tomato, onions. And we got to make our own burger with Luke Mangan's food. And I made one, I bun down, I put a meat patty down, I put uh, lettuce and cheese and beetroot and pineapple. It was beautiful. And the analogy here is this. When you go to a restaurant and you say, I want a burger, and the price is... $15, they bring you back a burger. But you have the option of saying to the waiter or or person taking your order, "Uh, no tomato, no onion. So you're not just getting what they feed you, you're getting what you want. Whereas with prepaid mobile, you've reached the end of your your, your time with with your, your expiry. You get a text that says you're running out of days and you go to the website and you recharge. And you say, I'll take the $30 plan now. And that's it. You got to take the. You either go thirty, twenty, forty, whatever. You find your your budget. You don't find your usage. So Vodafone MyMix takes the opposite approach. You log in. You say instead of taking a combo, you can still take the normal combos. Instead of taking that, I want a MyMix. And the first question is how many days? You say seven days, twenty-eight days, or ninety days. And then you say how much data do I want? Five hundred meg, two gig, up to eight gig. Plus with bonus data, it's like 12 gig. Okay, great. But this is where it gets interesting. Most of us know our data usage. But then they say, do you want 120 minutes worth of calls or do you want unlimited calls? 30% of Vodafone prepaid customers do not make a single phone call. That means that if they're pre- recharging their prepaid phone with any of the combo packs that have unlimited calls, they're paying for something they don't need. So by just excluding the infinite calls and giving yourself 120 minutes worth of calls for emergencies and quick chats, you've got yourself about a five buck saving. And then the next question is, how many international minutes do you need? Well, I don't need any of those things, so you just get rid of it. So you're basically saying, I don't really want to make calls, but give me lots of data. And you pay exactly for the data. Honestly, it's very cool. Now, it's not going to be the cheapest on every level. There will be providers that, that offer better value. And that's great, but it's worth looking at. I've put all of the combinations, about 72 combinations. I've put them all up on EFTM. So have a look at them all. Very interesting stuff. Um, challenge you to let me know, is this a good plan? Is this is this useful? I don't know. Um, I love being off a contract, but I don't like prepaying. I, I just want postpaid and I'll, lo- I'll leave the company if I find a better deal. But for prepaid users, great opportunity to... You know, pay three months in advance for a start, but still be just prepaid. Um, very cool. I was a big fan of the concept, and you can read all about it at eftm.com.au.
it's lovely to have your company. Um, the um, the problem with televisions, okay, you see where I'm going with this in a minute, is they offer more than you can do. 4K is the best example of that for some time. So 4K televisions allow you to watch content that is four times the resolution of full high definition. It's beautiful. It's magnificent on a USB stick or on a supercomputer that can output HDMI 4K. It's not easy to watch. Yes, you can watch a 4K Netflix, but it's streamed content. I don't believe it's as good as 4K can be. And there's only a handful of 4K pieces of content anyway on streaming. Finally, this week, we have an announcement. Panasonic announced their home entertainment range, and they they announced a 4K Blu-ray player, the first announcement of such in Australia, and it was excellent. Problem is, not available until September, and if it's their best and it's their most expensive, I don't know how much it's going to be because the next best expensive, which isn't 4K, is $749. So I'm worried that it's going to be like a 1000 or more dollars. But it's coming. And the good news is Samsung have previously globally announced a 4K Blu-ray player. Next week, they're going to announce that here in Australia as well. I'm not breaking any privilege by saying that because they, they haven't had the announcement yet because they showed it to me this morning. We had a segment on the Today Show um, showing a bunch of really nice TVs and Samsung had their 4K Blu-ray player there. Um, so I know it's coming. We've seen it. But the price we don't know, I'm going to say... I know the price. I'm not going to lie to you. And it's a great price for what it is. So this is good news for people who want to watch movies. You will be able to go to a store, buy The Martian, Mad Max, Life of Pi in 4K Blu-ray, and you'll be able to put it in a player and watch magnificent content on that television you spent all that money on. That's awesome. So um, I applaud Panasonic. I'm excited by Samsung, and it's very cool to see what's uh, what's coming in the future because that's that's kind of where I think television has lacked, um, uh, you know, a real bit of push because yeah, it's all well and good to have, um, you know, to have a 4K TV, but what are we watching on it? You know I mean, what what are we actually watching? So, well, check it out. Uh, I've put details on eftm.com today on the. Um, on the website, uh, Panasonic is all about. Next week, we'll have the details of the um, Samsung range. And we do it all thanks to the good people at LG. Life's good, and uh, you really need to check out the range of LG OLED TVs. They have a bunch of them. Um, they are quite beautiful to look at, and they range in price from $3,999 up, and uh, they are fantastic. The reason OLED is a step above is because it's a different type of television technology. We ha- we used to have plasma, LCD, LED. Now we have LED and OLED. And this is not a, a letter for fun. And I, with the greatest respect, other companies have a letter d- dictating what their LED does. Um, this is a different technology. Each individual pixel of the screen can be turned on and off, which gives it amazing contrast, amazing deep blacks, and a beautiful picture. I saw it today side by side with four other televisions, and there was no question. It was beautiful. Uh, LG want you to take the LG Challenge. They want you to go into a store and look at it. They just want you to go in and have a look. You may not buy one. You may not have one in your budget. But gee whiz, if your budget goes near the price of any of these OLED TVs, you will want to consider it because, in my opinion, it is the best picture quality I've ever seen. And you should check it out too. Take the OLED challenge today. Go to uh, lg.com slash au to check out their OLED range. Or go to eftm.com.au and click on the e, uh, on the OLED button because there's an ad on the right-hand side of the page. Check it out. LG OLED. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Get in touch if you've got a question about technology. The website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Kylie. Hi, how are you? Good. What can I do for you? I have a problem with Uh-oh. my, I don't know if it's iTunes or if it's with my devices. Uh-huh. I'm trying to sync my iPhone 6 Plus uh-huh. and it gets up to step 5 of 7 uh-huh. and stops, uh-huh. which is downloading purchases. Okay. Now, I try to plug in my son's iPod Touch. It gets to step 4 of 6 uh-huh. and stops. Same thing. Now, my other son's iPod Touch 
works perfectly. Downloads, okay. goes everywhere. Beautiful. iTunes stops, freezes. I get Rainbow Wheel. Rainbow <laughs> so you're running a Mac? Recently. It's a Mac computer? I am. All right. Let, let's talk about some of the, I don't know, I'd call them obvious or basic things. What, what Are they all running the latest operating system? The first thing I did was made sure everything was yep. updated. The Mac's updated and all three devices are updated. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the doozy question. Why are you trying to sync them? Um, why am I trying to sync them? So mm. I can add additional songs onto my son's iPods, basically. My phone, not so much because yep. my phone syncs over Wi-Fi. I'm mm-hmm. quite happy with that. Yep. But basically just so I can add songs onto my son's iPods. Are they songs that you own? Yes. Uh, in iTunes? In iTunes, yes. Yep. Songs that I've bought through iTunes. Yep. And they're sitting in my music library. Yep. I've created a playlist for them. Yep. And usually when I sync it, it works, no worries. Mm-hmm. Syncs from my son's music on the playlist. Works perfectly normally, yep. but just not now. On your son's uh, iPod, uh, which iTunes account? Does he have his own or is he using yours? He's using mine. So, first question. Why don't you just download them on the iPod? Sorry, say that again. Have you have you tried just downloading them? And I'm, I'm going to get to the problem that you've got with the syncing, but I'm trying to give you a whole bunch of workarounds, which say I I haven't plugged. The only reason I've plugged a, an Apple device into an Apple computer in the last three years is to back it up because I have to give them back, and then I restore that to a new device. That's the only reason I've ever had to do it. But when when yep. my so my wife um, I use Spotify. My wife just buys music on Apple. Um, and so my wife will buy some new song or she'll buy a Taylor Swift song and my daughter will want it, then what I do is I open up my daughter's iPod and I go to iTunes and I go to Purchases and I just download the purchased songs. So you're just re-downloading the same song that has already been purchased by that iTunes account. Okay. Okay, okay. so you can actually do that because you can download any anything you already own, whether it's an app or a song, you can just re-download it. And it works beautifully. Now, I would say to you, I wrote an article. You might want to do a search. Just search EFTM and family sharing. Uh, how old okay. are the kids? Uh, nine and eight. Okay. I would find a day in your life where you've got the headspace to do it. I would set them up their own iTunes accounts, and I would create a yep. thing called family sharing. It is the best thing on earth. Here's what it does. It allows me to buy a song, and anyone in my family can download it. It allows my kids to go to the app store and, and try and download all the apps they want. But every time they want one, it sends me a little message wherever I am in the world and says, Jackson wants to buy this, approve or deny. And so I approve everything. He's got his own little library. And as they grow up, then obviously they've, they've got their own little little walled garden of things. But you can also share those things between your family members. Um, it's a really, really great thing that doesn't get talked about much, but it's fantastic for family. So I, I recommend you reading about that family sharing is what it's called. So what, what, what I'm saying to you is family sharing is great for your future path. Your current problem, I would be downloading the music just directly onto that iPod. Don't even need to go to a computer anymore. There's just no need. But with regard to the freezing uh, what, all I can do is say to you, I can't answer the question, but I'm going to get an Apple genius to get in touch with you and see whether they can okay. solve that problem. And so really what you want to do when they call is say, I'm having this problem. And just so you know, I've found a workaround, but that doesn't change the fact that if you ever wanted to back up one of those devices so that you could then give it to someone else or wipe it or buy a new one and give your kids the kind of restored device, you should be able yep. to do that through iTunes. So you want to persist with that problem, but there could be any number of things there, and I think an Apple genius is best served to help you with that, and I'm happy to connect you. Um, awesome. But in the meantime, I would go to your kid's iPod. I would go to the iTunes store, click down on little three dots down the bottom, go to purchased music or purchased songs, and then it'll show all the songs you've ever bought. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. My son's been bugging me. Mum, Mum, you need to get me this song. What songs like, oh he wants? I'm trying. What's the, what's the latest uh, one he wants? Cold Chisel. Oh, Really? Happy days. Yeah. Get him, no, on, the, I know. Get him on the K-San bandwagon. <laughs> oh, they're awesome little boys. They love awesome music. We went to an engagement party and they actually asked the DJ to play Bob Seger. Hello. That's yeah, outstanding. I know. They're awesome little boys and they love awesome music. So well, good really luck. Cool. Go and do the downloads. Yeah. You'll be fine. And then I will forward your email to an Apple genius and we'll get someone in touch, okay? 
thank you so much for your help and I love your podcast and not only yours but the two blokes talking tech love them both thank you Kylie very nice of you we'll uh, we'll talk again soon and uh, have a great week thank you you too bye Trevor thank you and if you've got a question a problem with the technology just get in touch eftm.com.au Your Tech Life with Trevor Long thank you for listening thank you for downloading now this is the moment where I get to say just like I said on the website I told you so I like saying that. It's good fun. Um, a few weeks ago, I uh, had the story on EFTM that ANZ was testing Apple Pay. And hello, I was right. Um, last Thursday, they announced at uh, some ungodly hour, um, fortunately, I was ready for it, that uh, ANZ were launching Apple Pay in Australia. This is a big deal. And I, I, I know this sounds fanboyish, but it is a big deal because it will begin the change towards a cashless society and a and a wallet-free society. Amex, massive plaudits to them for being the first to bring it to this country. But as we know, Amex is not accepted in as many places as Visa, and Amex doesn't have as many customers as Visa, So, it, or probably even as ANZ. So it, it was a stumbling block for getting the mass adoption. It was still a, a freak incident for me to show someone Apple Pay working with an Amex. But I'm... I'm blown away by the response from people online and on Twitter and on Facebook saying this is great news and they are excited about it and people who've used it now and love it. The idea, and let me just repeat, the idea is once you once your bank comes on board, you take your iPhone, you hold your, your debit or credit card in your, in your hand and you open up the wallet and you say add a new card. It opens up the camera of your smartphone, you point it at your credit card, it reads the number just so you don't have to type it in and then you type in the expiry and your CVV number and then it goes away, it talks to the bank, it comes back and it says, yep, no worries, you're good. There might be some verification that goes on behind the scenes. You might get a text or an email, but the verification happens and your credit card is then stored in your phone securely. It's completely secure. It's not stored in any way that anyone can actually see the credit card number because it's never stored. It's actually just a unique token that's stored. I talked to the head of Apple Pay for Apple recently and she absolutely confirmed that this is the most secure way to store a credit card because there is no credit card stored on the device. And here's how it works. And it's mind blowing the first time you do it. I tell you, you go to the petrol station, you fill up, you walk inside, you say, they say $60, you say, I'll pay by card, thanks. They beep it through the machine and you reach into your pocket, you take out your phone, which is off. You haven't touched it. You haven't opened it. And you place it near the terminal. The screen turns on directly on your credit card. You choose if you've got more than one, which card you pay with, and then you place your finger over the fingerprint reader and the payment is verified and done. It is quick. It is the most secure form of mobile payment and tap and go payment possible. Um, And I am disappointed and struggle to understand why all the banks are not adopting it. I think ANZ have probably done a very smart deal with Apple here to get in quickly and early to, to jump, get the jump on Android Pay. But I made a commitment that the first bank in Australia to launch Apple Pay, I would switch my accounts to, and I will do that. Um, starting next week when I have more time in the country and my 100-point ID sitting with me, I will go to an ANZ bank and I will open one account to start with, um, which will be my business account and, uh, and my, my personal kind of money account. Um, and I will begin using the ANZ for that, mainly so that I can understand their other backends, their app and their website. And once I'm happy with those things, uh, I will talk to my wife about moving our other accounts to that same bank. Um, oh, I made that commitment for a reason and because ANZ needs to be applauded for this, then they should get the reward. People should switch banks for this very specific thing. And I, I literally encourage you to do that. We had this conversation um on the radio today in Perth, in fact, uh, with Peter, Peter Bell, someone said something about their internet provider or their phone. I don't know what it was, but I said, listen, you've got to follow up with the threat and move. Um, I might have been on TUE today. Guy was about Telstra. He, was, he thought he was getting ripped off because his credit was running out and he lost the money. I said, mate, if you're not happy about it, seriously, change telcos. They need to get the message. And it's the same with banks. So well done, ANZ. Apple Pay is coming. Yeehaw. I'm very excited. Now, the other thing, I was in Melbourne uh, last week. Oh, I should tell you quickly, and the story is up on the website. The electric go-karts in the outskirts of Melbourne, high-voltage carts. Unbelievable. So cool. So easy to drive. Great fun. Check it out. I went I, I went to there because they're out near the airport on the way into the city for an event 
uh, last Wednesday night, I think it was. Stephen and I recorded two blokes talking tech from there. Um, Oppo have announced a retail partnership with JB Hi-Fi. Congratulations to Oppo. I'm really happy for them because they're a great bunch of people. They make great phones, and um, it's it's just good to see them have a retail channel. It's a critical thing for these companies. Um, I was talking to Alcatel um, this week about their 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 push with the GoPlay, which I talked about recently. If you're wondering, that'll be in Kmart and Big W very, very soon and a few other places, Australia Post and the like. Um, but Oppo, you know, when someone rings me on the radio and says, oh, I heard you talk about that phone, where do I get one? What do I say? Crickets? I mean, what, what do I say? So now I can say, go to JB Hi-Fi and they'll have everything. Now, I just received the Oppo R901 box at later tonight, but they also have a a fast charger for your car as well, because the fast charging is a big feature of this. So well done to Oppo. They are now available in JB Hi-Fi. So if you are looking for an Oppo smartphone, it's now easier than ever to find one. Just go to JB Hi-Fi. We do it all with thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin satellite navigation, GPS technology, including their golfing products like the Approach S6. This is a first-of-its-kind GPS technology in what is Garmin's slimmest and lightest golf watch. It features swing metrics, so you can get the tempo of your swing, you can get training with your tempo, and a swing strength measurement. It has a dedicated course view button with green view for manual pin positioning. It has pinpointer blind shot assistance to tell you where the pin is, even if you can't see it. It's touchscreen, high resolution, glove friendly, and has precise distances for more than 30,000 international golf courses. Stunning bit of technology the ultimate for any golfer, you've got to check it out. It's called the Approach S6, and you will find it at garmin.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, there's one thing I've admitted many times to not doing, and that is reading. Um, It's just not my thing. But there is a company who, I've got to say, that they're they're intrinsically linked with podcasts for a couple of reasons, because they are so similar in a sense. What we do here is we, we feed ourselves into your ears, um, whenever you want it, however you want it, on whatever device you want. Um, and the company I'm talking about is Audible, and it's the same concept. It's it's on demand, it's when you want it, and it's audio. Um, and the link between them is Audible. Uh, my recollection of podcasts in the very early days was Audible was one of those companies that was there sp- um, spruiking themselves, talking about what they do, and, and I thought it was a very interesting link since then and, and still. Um, they have grown. Uh, they have become a, a massive uh, operation around the world. Uh, and I just wanted to get a bit of a sense of where they're at now because they have an Australian operation and their Australian boss is on the line, Matthew Gain. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm well, Trevor. Thanks for having me on. Mate, let's go back to the start. Audio books. I mean, obviously, it's actually not an internet new thing. Uh, cassettes existed. You could go to a library and you could get an audio book. But the concept of Audible is basically opening up the the Kindle of the the e-reader world to your ears by creating so such a huge library of audio content for people to listen to. It's uh, it's quite staggering as a concept, isn't it? Yeah, the, the way I like to think about it is, you know, kind of old blokes like you and I probably remember cassette tapes and mm. book that corresponded with it and almost a, turn the page <laughs> as, as, as you got up to it. And and the way I like to think about it is if that was if that was how audio books used to be in the old days, it's, it's kind of like how music was back when there were CDs and cassette tapes and how the iPod kind of revolutionised that. It put 10,000 books in your pocket. Well, what Audible does is put, you know, more than 10,000. We've got 200,000 uh, books. So it's like a library in your pocket. Mm, mm. 200,000 is a bloody lot of books to have in your pocket. And the thing about it is it's not just some random gibbering away. You actually have high-profile individuals whether they are the author themselves or more likely celebrities if you want, if for a better for want of a better word um which creates a kind of familiarity to the to the concept doesn't it? it it makes people feel like they've got this very special thing in their own intimate world they're just sitting there wherever they choose to listen on the beach in the car on the lounge and we'll talk about where they do that in a minute but it's a familiar thing to have a, a voice that you know a celebrity in a sense yeah, look, I, I know you've got a, a lot of male listeners out there, and so what Audible offers is Scarlett, you know, Scarlett Johansson whispering into your ear as she reads <laughs> Alice in Wonderland to you. So there's stuff like that. We have we have Kate Winslet reading uh, Matilda from from Roald Dahl. Uh, we have Stephen Fry. Uh, doing, yeah, what a voice. Uh, 
Harry Potter. And, and for all the ladies out there, you can have Colin, Colin Firth oh, whispering into your ears as he, as he reads The um, End of the Affair by Graham Greene. So we've got, we've got plenty of big-name celebrities, uh, and we're adding to that list all the time. But every book is read by an actor, not all of them as big names as, you know, the Robert De Niro's and the Cole Kidman's that we've got on the list. But every book's read by an actor, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and sometimes it's a really big name. The um, the idea of of dead time is is essentially what Audible's filling. Uh, we you did some research um, and it showed that not nearly fifty percent of people are listening to audiobooks while they commute. Um, that's that's an obvious time just to sit. You could be on a, a twenty minute train ride, a thirty minute train ride, an hour, and just take in parts of a book as you go. Um, on your daily commute without having to lug the book around, let alone lug an e-reader around. It's a kind of really interesting way to take that time up, and that's what people are doing. They're finding ways to utilise time and enjoy, consume uh, a book that they might have loved to have sat and read. But, hey, while you're out doing the housework, you can't sit and read a book. You've got to choose one or the other. Yeah, I think that that's one of the interesting things. You 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 mentioned at the start that you're not reading as much, uh, you know, as you'd like, or you're not reading at all. And I think a lot of Australians are, are very much like that. You know, we'd love to read, but we just don't have the time. Our lives are so busy now. Mm. So what Audible does is is allow it, it just opens up time that previously wasn't book time, and and makes it that be that in the car. And we know. A lot of our users are, are using it in the car. It's, it, it's a perfect use case for that. Yep. You know, your, your eyes are focused on the road, but your mind can be can be anywhere. So, uh, you know, cars, but we hear people use it at the gym whilst they're doing doing the housework. And, you know, even on the toilet, we, you know, mm. a lot of people mm. report to us that whilst they're, whilst they're doing their do on the toilet, they're listening to, a, to an audio book at the I'm, same time. I need to understand the, the drama of that statistic because 17% is the statistic. I uh, there's a lot of lot of people that won't admit to taking their their to- their phone in there, but they're now admitting to reading a book. I mean, uh, it's an it's a tra- challenging little time there going on. Um, Look, I, I think I think we all know phones are never far away, and I think they're, they're on the toilet, and, and, and people that aren't admitting to it are only lying to themselves. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's so many things about life that that, that relates to, but uh, <laughs> that one there. Um, how how does how does it work in terms of growth? I mean, what is what is Audible seen as a as a global operation in terms of audio books? Has it been a, a slow and steady wins the race style thing, or is it? really starting to pick up for and, and is there any reason for that yeah look that's a really interesting question so as a business we've been around since 1997 oh. the interesting thing uh is that when we started out we were a hardware business as well right. so in the smithsonian uh, museum over in the u.s they have the very first uh, hardware device with audible made and it was it predated the ipod uh, and, and, and anything like that. It was a digital music player. And I think what happened with the business, though, was things like the iPod and all of that were coming out from Apple, and very quickly the business was like, ah, oh, let's, you know, let's not try and compete with those guys on the hardware. They make pretty good hardware. Let's, let's focus more on the books. And so we've been around for a little while, 1997. Uh, in 2008, the business was bought out by Amazon, and when it comes to, to books and retailing, that, that's, that's a pretty good what owner a partnership. to have. What, a, what, a, and, what an amazing parent to have, someone that has the reach in terms of publications, publishing books, someone that has the brand, frankly, that Amazon has, and the, the retail now. So it's a very, very strategic purchase, and I, I think that that's probably what gives Audible the strength going forward. On their own, great company, but with Amazon, it, it's something very, very different. Yeah, without a doubt, and and I think that that's the interesting thing. I mean, Audible's great. Amazon is a huge behemoth. You know, we we know Amazon here in Australia. Over in markets like Europe and and, and the US, it's it's even yeah, bigger. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that that that's had a big impact for us. But you know, we've got millions of users all over the world. We've seen um, here in Australia, we're seeing phenomenal growth. We've kind of got to the size we have here three times as fast as the UK. Now, we, we love to beat the palms at everything. And so uh, we, we love to, to rub it in their noses that we've gotten to where we are three times faster than they have. So, um, yeah, that's something we like to brag about. So talk to me about Australia and Australia as an operation. Um, I've known you for a long time. And when you took this job as the boss of Audible in Australia, um, I wasn't I wasn't shocked. I just thought it's a very interesting company to want to join. So when you get the call, because you're a, you're you're someone that would have been headhunted, you would have, someone would have called you and said, 
come and talk to us. We've got a concept. And you sat down and they said, we're, t- we're opening an office for Audible in Australia. What on earth goes through your mind? Because for me, it is, what does an Australian office do for Audible when they are a, a huge global internet company? Yeah, good question. Do you know what? Uh, and I'll correct you on one point. I wasn't headhunted. I actually went begging for the job. It was on the jobs website for Amazon, and I said, I, I, "That's definitely the job I want to have." I've been a, a big Audible fan for a long time. Mm. The what most interested me in this job is uh, I'm a big believer, and and what I'm seeing is the growth of what I call new media companies, be them Facebook, be them Netflix or be them Amazon, with its Amazon video offering now. So I was looking very closely at that space, and I was like, wow, I think the future is all about global media brands, and I wanted to be part of that. Mm. What we do here is uh, we work very closely. You know, we have a, a, a growing um, a growing base of users in Australia, and it's about how do we best serve those customers. And I think that you can only serve them best when you have some local knowledge. Mm. So we manage uh, some of the marketing, marketing aspects here. So we're growing that member base even more. More importantly, though, is we're doing some work with uh, a lot of the local publishers and we're creating local titles uh, in Australia. So we're recording content, we're doing, um, you know, we're speaking with the publishers. Mm. And th- there's, a, there's around about 100 books that, that we did last year, and we're planning to increase that number again this year of Australian produced titles that we record with Australian accents, Australian actors, and that are Australian authors. And and is, that, is that thing. something you hear from, uh, from users, that hearing the Aussie voice is actually a beneficial thing in in reading a book, it's great to have Stephen Fry. Obviously, you probably you know don't, wouldn't opt first choice for an Aussie to read Harry Potter, but a lot of the time, it's great to hear an Aussie voice. So, is, is it the case? And, and uh, per, forgive my ignorance, but that you can choose a, a couple of uh, potential readers uh, for your book. Yeah, for some of them, you you can. So, so some of the big titles. So, for instance, you know, you mentioned uh, Harry Potter. So, Harry Potter, Stephen Fry. We also have some other people reading okay. uh, Harry Potter as well. So, you can you can you can choose that. I don't know why you would you would want anyone other than <laughs> um, Stephen Fry narrating Harry Potter, but th- there is the option. Look, the thing is that it's very important to match the uh, the narrator to the story, yeah. and that and, and that's something we find a lot. It's uh, because the narrator can make or break a book uh, in an audio book. So we, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on that. And, you know, for many aspects, and, and particularly Australian stories, there's nothing more grating if it's a story, you know, be it, uh, you know, Michelle Payne. We've, we've, we've got her, uh, you know, memoirs at the moment. So we work with Pia Miranda uh, around that. So Life as, Life as We Know It is the, is the title. Mm. Now, you, when you're telling a truly Australian story, you want a truly Australian yeah. accent. I yeah. think that that's the important thing. So we work very closely and very hard to match the right narrator to the right book. And I think that if it's an Australian title, talking about the Australian experience and Australian names, you, you know, you don't want anything worse of mispronouncing Woolamaloo or Coogee or something yeah. like that. And only yeah. Australians tend to get those places right. So what's the process for someone who loves a book um, but hasn't taken the steps? What, 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 what is your basic, simple path to, to your first book for, for a new, new user? Yeah, look, head along to our website, audible.com.au. What we have is we're offering everybody a free first month. So they can come onto the site, try out any book they like, and then from there on, it's fourteen ninety-five a month and you get a book a month. If at any stage you don't like that book, you can uh, get in contact with us and we will swap it out for a new book of your title, No Questions Asked. And the other good thing is if for whatever reason you decide to leave us or you know you don't want to continue your membership, all of those books remain yours in the library, so they're yours to keep. Wow, okay. Nice and simple. Subscription, yep. books on demand, a book a month, and obviously you can, you can get more books for, as you go along. It's your, your, your choice to what you pay and how many books you have in your library. That's it. As I, yep, that's it. Too easy. Very nice, mate. Good luck with it. Um, it is. It. I, I. I. love hearing the enthusiasm for the product in your voice. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not unusual to hear from from a product boss, but you know sometimes people are just there for the for the job and to to guide it in their in their knowledge. But it is very clear you have the passion for the product, and I. I I respect the fact that that's um that you've you've jumped ship from what was a very uh, very big corporate world to. Uh, to basically head up something that's that's new for Australia, and it's uh, obviously a challenge, and it has obvious growth potential. So you're going to tick those boxes each and every month, mate. Good luck with it. 
Thanks, mate. We're gonna we're gonna make this bigger and better than Ben Hurst. So um, stay tuned. Everyone will be everyone will be using this soon enough, I reckon. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the chat. Thank you. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Let's help you with your tech problems. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, just get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com.au. Leslie did that. G'day, Leslie. Hello, Trevor. How are you? Yes, I've got major problems. Uh Um, I don't know very much about technology. Mm -hmm. I updated, before Christmas anyway, up to Windows 10, and I've had all sorts of problems since then. Okay. my compu- my laptop wouldn't print to my computer, nor would my iPad. Um, I have completely reloaded drivers. I have tried to get rid of Windows 10 and, and restore Windows 7. Mm-hmm. It's I've still got Windows 10, even though I did that, but it sure. deleted a whole lot of other stuff, but oh. it still brought me back to Windows 10. And now the only way I can print from my laptop to the computer is with the um, the cord attached. Mm, you mean laptop but to it the won't printer. Print from my lap from my iPad, mm. which is what I use all the time. Mm, mm. So I don't know what to do next. Well, it's interesting because you're talking about so you can't print to it's a wireless printer obviously, right? Yes. Okay, and you can't Sorry. print from your iPad or your computer to that printer. That's so right. The, the, yeah. the funny thing is it's it, I don't I don't see how it's related to the Windows 10 upgrade because oh. your iPad doesn't have Windows, does it? You see, no. so no. on the let's just talk about the iPad first. On the iPad, when you you know press the little share icon, the little square box with the arrow, and then you hit print, uh, does it see your printer at all? No, it says okay. can't find any air printers. Okay, and what brand is your printer? It's an Epson. Okay, and what have you done? On the printer to, to problem solve this at all, if anything. Well, I went through the um, the Wi-Fi setup and put in the password, yep. and everything seems okay on there. And when it does the printout sheet, mm-hmm. it says it's all okay, nothing wrong with that. Okay. And I also have the um, the Wi-Fi insignia on the on the little screen mm-hmm. that says Wi-Fi connected. is connected. See, you know, the little bars. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, this is my problem. I'd love to t- talk to you about Windows 10 and try and resolve it, but I'm I think what we need to do is get the iPad working first. Mhm. That'd um, be terrific. So, because then if see what I'm a big fan of trial and error. Um it's how mm-hmm. I problem it's how I get most things working. So, I'm keen to get the iPad printing so that then we know that the printer works, right? That that mm-hmm. then rules out any fault with the printer so that when we talk about Microsoft, we we have, you know, absolute certainty about how it works. Um, yes. So I think what we need to try and do somehow is work through that, that printer. I, I want to try and find you a way to do a factory reset on the printer. Yes. Now, how far away from the printer is your router, your modem? Well, that's the thing that confuses me. I don't have one of them. It's supposed to be built in somewhere. Well, where, where, where does the internet come into your house? Oh, in the other room, yeah. Yeah, and there's a modem in there, a little yeah, box. There's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's, who's that I don't to? know what it is. I don't ever have to touch that. Sure, it just, totally. It's just there. But that's like a big yeah. pond thing or something like that, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So how far away is the printer from that? Um, mm. uh, the other end of the house. So the first thing I want you to do, and it sounds a bit silly, is I want you to pick up the printer and I want you to p- put it right next to that little black box modem. Um, yeah. And I want you to go, uh, I want you to, I can't have a, I can't see right now on their, on their webpage how to do a factory reset, but there's got to be a way to do a factory reset on that device. Now what a factory reset does is wipes the printer any memory that it has back to the way it was when you bought it out of the box. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then you'll have to go through, of course, those standard good old, um, uh, you know, set up again, right? And yeah. that's, you've done that once, you can do it again. And yeah, then, yeah. And then try and print with the iPad. So if you've done a factory reset, the network set up, and then you try and print with the iPad, I think you've done everything you could possibly do. I don't think okay. there's much more that you can do than that. So I want you to put the printer next to the modem. 
I want you to go into the settings and and look for something called, and it'll be on the menu on the screen, look for setup and then restore default settings. Okay? Yeah. And then, yeah, I've seen that somewhere. Yeah, so wipe out anything that's there and basically start again. Okay, so you add in again all the Wi-Fi settings. So why is it the printer needs to be in the same room? As, I, do, as I just want to rule out any problems with your network. So if the printer's sitting next to the modem, then you're not you're absolute. And then leave the printer there. Try and do the print from the iPad. So we're 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 ruling out any other um, factors in the problem. Okay. Now, okay. if that does nothing and if that doesn't go anywhere, I, the first people I want to put you in touch with is Epson. So yeah. what I want you to do is I want you to try those things over the next few days and then I want you to get back in touch with me and, yeah. and tell me how you went. And yeah. if that hasn't worked, what I want to do is I want to get Epson in Australia to have some of their one of their top customer service people talk to you and see whether they can resolve why the iPad isn't working. And critically, when you talk to them, don't mention the computer. Okay, because as, you, as soon as you say to them, oh, I upgraded to Windows 10, it becomes a completely different story. But yeah. your printer should work with that iPad. Let's get that fixed first and then yeah. try okay. and work on the Windows machine. Okay, I'll do that. Give that a whirl. I'll do it right now. Well, you give it a whirl and then you get back in touch with me. And, and if it hasn't worked, I will talk to Epson for you. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. Good on you. That's and, terrific. No, no. Give I'll it a go try. Go. Good on you. Thank Good luck. you. Thank Bye. you. And if you want to get in touch, go to the website, EFTM.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. I'm not done yet. I've got a few few more things to tell you about. Um, firstly, Dyson. Oh, didn't that take, did that take you by surprise? It didn't me because I, I've been talking to them about it for, for a couple of months. Um, we were talking about going over to the launch. Um, but oh, when <laughs> So again, a little insight into the, into the world that, that I live in. Um, you know, products come out and often... Um, I'll have to sign my life away, what's called an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. Sign my life away and say, I won't tell anyone about this product. Um, and I sat down for coffee with with the people who represent Dyson to say, okay, what is it? Then that's well, you know, they, I've got to sign the thing before we even talk about whether or not there's a story in it. Um, so we sit down and, and they tell me they're launching a hairdryer. And I, I may have laughed, I may have fallen off my chair, I don't remember. But I was certainly blown away Um because I didn't expect it. I was I wouldn't have predicted that in a million years. Um, but, you know, there you go. <laughs> it happened. And it actually is quite an ingenious thing, as Dyson products always are. You know, using the, the fan technology they have absolutely, um, you know, mastered through the air, the Airblade fan, um, through the motor technology they've built that creates high, um, high volume air movement in a very small uh, digital motor. They've put the digital motor in the handle of the hairdryer, pushing air up and around in, in like their fan in a non-fan, so there's no blades. It just pushes the air through that same kind of cylinder, like a mini mini one of the Dyson fans. And it, it has heat temperature sensors so that it won't burn your hair. I mean, it's an unbelievable bit of technology. It won't be cheap. It'll be very expensive. But I've got absolutely no doubt that it will be the thing that people are wanting, ladies, uh, later this year. I, my information is it'll come out around June, July here in Australia, and I'm confident it will be a massive hit. So um, well worth checking out. Um, yeah, the Dyson, the Dyson um, fan, uh, details of that, uh, Dyson hairdryer, sorry. Uh, su- supersonic, I think they call it, hairdryer. The details are up at eftm.com.au. Um, now, I reviewed a phone this week, and... I want to be very clear about this. It's probably the the most constructive amount of feedback I've ever given a device. Um, not negative. I don't want to call it negative. I just think it's constructive. It's a lot of observations about the device that made a, a three-star three out of five phone not a five-star. I'm talking about the LG Stylus DAB+. Now, this sounds completely egotistical, and I get that, but I believe I'm qualified almost more than anyone else in this industry to comment on anything that includes digital radio. I have worked on digital radio since the early 2000s. I I launched pop-up stations, test stations with the crudest of technologies. I I launched promotions to promote the concept of trials. Um, I was involved in the launch. I was involved in the trials. I've done a lot with digital radio. Okay. So when this phone was announced, I I thought, wow, that's awesome. But then I thought, why? I literally thought, why? <coughs> Excuse me. So I got it in my hand. 
and I thought I'd give it a whirl. And it's great. Scans for the radio stations really well. The beautiful audio quality you expect from digital radio. It's all there. And it's a great smartphone too. It's a 449 smartphone. It's a big screen. It's got a stylus. It's not high resolution. It's it's kind of HD, not full HD. It's not the be- most beautiful screen in the world, but it's pretty snappy performance. It works really well. Um, so the digital radio app is the killer app, right? And I didn't like it. It it was bland. It didn't really feel like a radio navigation style system to me. I couldn't set presets. Um, it was very troubling to work at how to turn the bloody thing off. It just, I feel like it was a version 0.01 app, and I think it was rushed. I want to see the app improved. I want to see the, the, the device integrate better with the app. I want to see if, if your digital drops out, I want to be able to switch to streaming. I mean, I want to have those kind of options. Uh, but the commercial radio body in Australia thinks streaming is is the devil, um, and therefore they don't they wouldn't want that. But I think they should embrace streaming, but give people this freedom to not use data by using digital radio. My full review is up at eftm.com.au if you want to check it out. Um, please do so. Um, appreciate your feedback. If you if you're interested in it, hey, go get one. Let me know what you think. Uh, the LG DAB Plus, the stylus DAB. Uh, is available now. I saw Optus uh, advertising it on Twitter, so it must be available now. Speaking of Optus, uh, great announcement from Optus on Friday. They're making Spotify available free. So what that means is not the subscription. You have to buy your own subscription or use it you know, um, in an ad-funded way. But the data for streaming services being removed. But the streaming service is limited to Google Play Music, Guevara, Spotify, Pandora, and iHeartRadio. And you can't tether your phone and then play them on the Sonos at home. So on your smartphone, listening to Google Play Music, Guevara, Spotify, Pandora, and iHeartRadio will not attract data um, counting. So it's unmetered. It's free. However, let me just be very clear here. It will use some data. You cannot download songs, so you can't do offline offline downloads. Um you can't create, it doesn't apply to mobile and mobile broadband hotspots. doesn't apply to any video content, any non-music audio content, such as ads or any pings included in the app. So there will be a bit there. Um, so it's, uh, and, it, and it, it caps out at 512 kbps, which is plenty, so that's fine. So look, it's a great offer for Optus users to, who are loving their, their Spotify. You can now listen and not have an impact on your data allowance. Happy, happy days. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Well, that's a wrap for 328. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I'm going to go and watch the budget coverage with uh, Sky News because I'm a bit of a political nerd, so I love that stuff. Thank you to anyone who listened uh, to my six hours on 2UE on the weekend on Sunday. It was great fun. Uh, always appreciate your feedback. If you want those kind of updates on what I'm doing, where I'm doing them, I mean, Twitter is probably the best place, but also the Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, please uh, like my page. It is um, trevorlong.com will take you there. But if you search for Trevor Long on Facebook, you will find me. Um, Great to have your company. Thank you very much for uh, downloading each and every week. Thank you to LG's OLED. Take the OLED challenge today and Garmin Satellite Navigation Systems. Great to have your company. Let's do it all again next week. (laughs) 